You're listening to Under a Red Glow, a photography podcast covering the wide spectrum of the art and history of photography with an emphasis on chemical, darkroom, and alternative-based processes. Be sure to visit us at www.underaredglow.com. And now your host, John Milliker Jr. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Under a Red Glow podcast. My name is John Milliker. I'm a full-time photographer who practices teaches and demonstrates nearly every photographic process in history, in history, including modern digital gear and techniques. And with me in studio is my co-host and lovely wife, Christine. She practices and demonstrates many processes and is our entry-level process and kids' class instructor. Welcome, Christine. Hello. What did we do today? Because this is going to be a long one. Well, not a long one, but I want to get right into it. What did we do, do today? We went to a wedding. We went to a wedding I'm not going to say where, when, who, to protect the innocent. <laughs> and boy, do we have a, you know, a, and the thought was I was going to go with, this is not our normal shooting day, our numeral uh, recording day, but I kind of wanted to talk about weddings. As a photographer, as a as somebody who who was invited to a wedding to enjoy it, that happens to know something about photography. And I'd like to throw some things in there that a bride and groom might not realize when working with a photographer as well. Okay. Sound good to you? Sounds good to me. We, let me let me just oh, go ahead. Go ahead, dear. Well, we got thinking about it at the wedding and we were we got talking about things and we just thought it would make a good podcast. So. Now I don't want to sit there and say that the photographers we saw at this wedding were that I'm not going to say they were bad. I'm not going to say they were good. I don't know. I've not seen the photos, and and they they do not commit. Uh, they did not commit all of the cardinal sins that we're going to talk about. But they did. They do a couple of them that that really made me think. You know what? Maybe let's let's kind of talk about the expectation for for wedding photography. I think. And like I said, I, because we're talking about a lot of things, this is stuff that I've seen in my past and stuff that I've seen in my past. I've seen shooting weddings. I've seen attending weddings. I've seen uh, things that uh, uh, being being a groom, I've, I just these are things that I've seen. So I don't want anybody thinking that the photographers that we saw today are, are guilty of all of these things. Maybe we'll talk about a couple things that we think they were guilty of. And at the end of the episode, we want you to give us your thoughts. Do you think we're do you think, you know, we're we're being a little bit uh, a little bit bit a pain in the butt or do you kind of feel kind of the same way that that we do? Okay. Let's break this up a little bit, Christine. Let's talk about let's talk about the most important part first, which is wedding photography for photographers. Okay. And I have a whole list, and this list is by no means complete. However, I have a whole list, and it starts off with getting to know the bride and groom. I can't tell you how many times somebody tells me, oh, we want a wedding photographer, but we don't want engagement shots. That can be a big problem. And I and, and the problem is is I price my weddings that I give you a free engagement shot. Take advantage of the engagement shot because guess what? Guess what is happening during the engagement shot? You're getting to know the bride and groom. I'm getting to know the bride and groom. How did you meet? What did you guys do? Where do you live? What do you like doing together? Because it, if I can, you know, I'm I'm going to know. Like today, they 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 came out. They did the the bubble procession line thing. And they got into a sports car and zoomed away. If I didn't know that maybe he was a carophile, I guess that's what they call themselves. <laughs> if if he wasn't a car enthusiast, then you know, if I know that at the engagement shot, I may sit there and say, "Oh, you know, I may be able to give them a hint, like, oh, you really like this? Did you think about incorporating it to your shot, or you like this?'" Let's let's cut this engagement shot uh, shoot early and let's go over to here or let's go over to here. I want to know as much as I can about them because I can then tailor my work better for 
for their style and for what they like and for what and not for what they don't like. It, it, you can learn what they value and what is most important to them. Right. If you don't ask specifically, hey, bride and groom, what what do you really like doing? Oh, well, so-and-so is really into cars. And you know what? A funny story. We're going to have his so-and-so sports car and we're going to zoom away from the wedding. If you didn't specifically ask your bride and groom about what they liked and how they met, you know, things that are important to them, they might not have come out and said, hey, by the way, um, we talked about, you know, so-and-so likes this car. We're going to have this sports car at the wedding venue where if you just sit there and talk to a wedding, uh, talk to a bride and groom and say, hey, just give me a list of what's going on that day. It may say, you know, ceremony procession driving off to them they're not going to sit there and say driving off in a badass camaro or something so not only that but you get to understand them we typically you know when we're working with the engagement shots we you know i guess we'll spill the beans but we typically gift the the bride and groom a big engagement shot photo from the engagement session with a one of those big thick mats and then that way people can can sign the mat. Right. And that goes over very well at every wedding. I, I thought it would fad out, but people still love that because they can take it, they can drop it off at their frame store, they can say, Hey, frame, you know, Matt, frame this for me. And they've got a memory that, that they can hang on the wall and it's gonna last forever. It's gonna be ready to go. Right. You need, you need to spend time with the bride and groom. And we spend, we spend time twice with the bride and groom. We have our first kind of interview with them and where, where we talk about our style and we make sure that we are the right fit for the bride and groom. I think we've talked about it before. I don't shoot a ton of weddings. I'm very selective on, on my weddings. And I have no problem with saying, hey, look, I don't think my style is going to make you happy. Now, nine times out of ten, I might not want to shoot with that bride and groom. I may, I may see some red flags. I may see some issues. I hate using the word bridezilla, but you know, maybe that kind of alarm goes off in my head. And if that happens, I'll sit there and say, okay, well, you know, I, I, I'm going to have to turn this down because I don't think I can give you what you're going to need. I'm not going to be able to give you the care that you are going to need. And I'm not going to sit there and throw it in their face, say, no, you guys are terrible. I'm not shooting your wedding. No, I, I don't think I can give you the care that you need. And if I don't think it's it's a problem, it's just that I don't have the style that they're looking for, I will refer them to somebody else. If I'm busy, I'll refer them to somebody else. But I shoot very, very few weddings on purpose because it's a, it's a ton of work. There's a reason why wedding photography is so damn expensive, and it's because of it's, it's a ton of work. And when you're doing it right, it's a ton of work. You have the initial interview where you can kind of bring some of your books or you can bring some, you know, you can bring some photos and you can make sure that you're, you're a good fit. You have the engagement shots. What do you have to do between the engagement shots and the, and the ceremony, Christine? Well, you want to make sure you visit where the wedding is going to take place. And I, I guess we didn't talk about this, but Christine is is typically, uh, not typically, but Christine is on occasion my second shooter uh, in a in a two or three shoot uh, sh- photographer wedding. But absolutely, you can't just sit there and say, "Okay, where's your wedding going to be?" Oh, it's going to be at this and this. Now, now let's be honest: if it's a destination wedding, you're not going to be able to visit. Now, if you can fly out or drive out a day or two early and you can spend a, you know, just you know, contact the church, contact the reception venue, contact whoever is in charge of that. When you talk to the bride and groom, when you get them to sign a contract, they are going to fill out all their contacts at these venues because you are going to reach out to that church and you are going to speak to the pastor or the or the priest that is going to be officiating the wedding and you are going to ask them what they do and do not allow i've been to weddings where they say hey you can do everything but stand up on the the church platform i'm sure that platform's got a special name for it and i'm sorry that i don't know it you can do everything but stand up on a church platform which is where uh, the officiant and the bride and groom stand 
And then we've been at some weddings where they said, okay, well, you can't come past the last pew in the church and you cannot use flesh in a dimly lit church. Well, you know, you're ready for that. You go out in the back, you get yourself your tripods, you get yourself your stability, and you put somebody on the left and somebody on the right, and then that's that's one of those things you talk about with the bride and groom. Hey, look, it's going to be, you know, they're going to be low light. I'm likely going to be turning a lot of these black and white. Of course, this is, and of course, this is, uh, you know, this this problem we had was back when we had our old cameras. So, you know, the new cameras are a lot better now. But, you know, you need to find out what you have to do to make the pastor, the priest, the officiant, uh, the the reception venue happy. And if you talk to them, you lay everything out on the table, what can I and can I not do? I don't want to I don't want to piss you off and make you stop the ceremony to yell at me or one of my crew. That's a big no-no. Because my next my next point on this is you have an important job, but you're no more important than the bride and groom. You're no more important than the DJ. You're no more important than the caterers. You're no more important than the guests. You have an important job. Don't have your nose stuck up, and I've seen it a million times. Don't have your nose stuck up where you think you can get in front of everybody and do what you need to do. Have a little bit of humility. If you need to stand in front of somebody to get the shot, you sit there and say, hi, I'm sorry, Just I just can't get this one shot. Get it done. I've seen too many people that go out to a wedding or any event, let's be honest, and they they make it seem like they are the greatest thing since sliced bread. And that's not how to be when you're when you're at a wedding. The guests come first. I do everything in my power. Well, I should say we. We do everything in our power to take the route to move positions. I can go across the pews if I wanted to. But I'm going to be blocking people. I will walk all the way down the aisle in the back, go past the last pew, and come all the way back on the front. When I have extra coverage, when I know and I discuss with the bride and groom the 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 entire outline of the ceremony, I know where I need to be at exactly every time to get the shot that I want. And now let's be honest. They may move left or right or forward or back, or they may you know, take some pews out, or there might be people. You need to still think on the fly, but you've got a general idea of where everyone's going to be standing. And if they don't have that on their, their list of things, you need to ask them. You need to ask the officiant. You need to ask the pastor or the priest or the officiant, how are you going to be standing when they, when they exchange, the, exchange the rings, when they exchange vows, when they kiss for the first time? Where are you going to be standing? Are you going to be standing in front or behind? Typically, the officiant stands behind them, which is a an amazing shot. Today, the officiant was not only in front of them facing away from the crowd, but he was down like two steps. He was on the he had them up on the platform and he was down. If I was shooting that wedding and I knew that, I would have I would have been ready for that. I don't think the photographers of today knew what was going on. Uh, there were a lot of things that just didn't seem like they got shot. And I couldn't figure out if they were not allowed to go past a certain pew or not because they had videographers which just set cameras up in the back and just and just set them. They, they mic'd the officiant, but they didn't mic the bride and groom and therefore, at least I don't think they mic'd the bride and groom. I didn't see any lapel mics. They might have hit them, hit them well, but seeing the amount of effort they got, they did to make the officiant mic'd up, I don't think the bride and groom was mic'd. So the officiant was mic'd, but you got to realize the officiant was standing about six feet away and down the platform from the bride and groom. I don't think they, I don't know if they got the audio or not, but these cameras were all the way in the back they had this like what do you call that 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 kind of top part of the church in the back the vestibule? Is it the nave or the vestibule? I'm not sure. I I looked up there thinking, oh man, it'd be great to have like a B-roll camera just shooting everything, and they had nothing. I I just I just didn't I just didn't understand. But but the thing is is. 
They may have visited the church. They may have visited the reception venue. But it seems like they were kind of all over the place because I didn't know what they knew. And and one of the photographers wouldn't pass the third pew. And one of the other photographers would. But they, they weren't really set up how I would expect it to be set up. And they were shooting super wide. They weren't they, getting zoomed in at all. That that confused me. They were so far away and they were using wide lenses. So how did they capture the important moments? And they were also shooting flash. But the flat the, the strobes were facing to the roof. They had the strobes face up in a very tall roofed church with a wood ceiling. I mean, that trick works when you've got a white ceiling that's not that far up so i don't i don't know I, like i said i don't know what they were shooting i don't know how they were shooting it's just as a photographer you look at those things and you think what in the world are you guys doing but we're going to get back to that because as as we have things to think about if you are the official photographer and things to think about if you're the bride and groom. We have things to think about if you are a photographer that just happens to be there and you're not paid the photography, which you keep your mouth shut, which is what we did. But we we definitely took mental notes. Another thing that these that these photographers did not do was dress to blend in. They they looked like they were dressed to, to shoot a beach wedding. And everybody is in like suits and ties. The majority, the, the the majority of everybody was in suits and ties, and these people were in. Um, the one lady had like a what? What do you call that? It's where there's no there's no sleeves. There's a really tiny sleeve, like a tank top, and tattoos all up and down her arms, and and that's one of those things where. I mean, yeah, if you've got a rowdy biker family that you're photographing, yeah, but. The family that 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 we went to the wedding for, kind of not that kind of kind of that kind of people. Not that those people are wrong or right, but not those kind of people. So you think like, cover those tattoos up, dress to blend in. Um, when I when I photograph every time, suit and high. When Christine photographs it, with yeah. me, if I go dress. Either a dress or if you know you're going to be getting up and down a lot, you can wear slacks, but wear yes. dress-up clothes, not flowy pants that right. look, I don't know, that look like you're at the beach at a resort ready to go swimming. Slacks are definitely very, very good, especially if you're 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 bending down and getting up all the time. So, yeah, Christine very rarely wears a dress. Um, it really depends on the venue as well. But, but yeah, that is definitely a uh, – that's that's definitely something that made me think, like, uh, I, I, I just – it just kind of bugged me a little bit. But you know what? It is what it is. One of the videographers had a, had a, had a, ha- a hat on. Baseball cap. Had a baseball cap on. Bald, bald gentleman. Good-looking guy without, you know, good-looking bald people because, you know, I think bald people, you know, are good-looking. And had a hat on, but not only did you have a hat on in church, but you had a hat on in, in a, at a wedding. And that kind of makes me wonder, like, uh, maybe that's, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but you, you, take a, you take your hat off indoors and especially in a church. Like I said, that's just me, whatever, but dressed to blend in dress professionally and uh, another thought is i will i will admit that this wedding went really slow from the ceremony there was a 20 minute ride to get to the reception and once you got there they introduced the the bride and the groom they did the first stance and then it was how long was it? How long was it until they started doing? So we 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 left a little early because we needed to get home. I wasn't feeling too too good because I had had something that I that didn't agree with me at for lunch. We stopped we stopped and had lunch before the, the the ceremony, and something didn't agree with me. So we left a little early, and just as we were leaving, they were doing the 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 mother son the mother son and the daughter father daughter dance, and it was a good. 
three hours after the reception started. Really? Was it three hours? It started at three. We left about six. Oh, my goodness. It was three hours. But get, getting on top of that, like I said, that's that's kind of a problem with the planning of the wedding. However, um, the photographers, were they were in the corner on their phones, chimping. They weren't even like copying cards, which would be like, if I'm not... If I'm not actively doing something to protect the images of your wedding, I mean, back then I did that. I would be the one, I'm the technical guy, so I would be the one on a laptop or on on hard drives taking all the cards from the ceremony, making backups of them while I had my second and or third shooter out shooting the reception. But unless you're doing something for them, you don't don't get on your phone. You're not being paid to, to play on your phone. You're not being paid to to just sit around and do nothing. I mean, you you walk around. You get 100,000 steps that day because you are looking for impactful images. And there were so many great interactions between family members that I mean, they missed. They, they, they didn't walk around. I mean, they started to walk around to the tables at the reception. But I know they only got a couple of the tables before they started sending people to eat. And I know, I know you're, I know you're right because, and it was, it was a good 20 minutes before that they were shooting the tables before they went to eat. And I think it was even longer, but the thing is, is table shots suck, but they're the most important. That's why I give them to my second or third shooter to shoot, but you got to get every single table. And, and they went to, of the, there was, there were, there were so many tables on each room on each side of the room. And on our side of the room was what? One, two, three, four, five, six tables. They only shot two of the six tables. And I know because I was, first of all, I, I kind of realized that they didn't, they they skipped past us. Then I'm like seeing whoever, who else got them and nobody got it. Table shots suck. No one ever buys them, but you know what? They always want them. They, they always buy the downloads. Or they buy a, a you know they buy a gallery of them, or they they put you want they want certain ones and those in the books, because you got to realize, I can't tell you how many times I've had brides and grooms come back to me and say, hey, so and so's father died. He was at our wedding at table number six. Do you have the table shot from that? Because that's the, it's a sad reality. Even though we all have forty seven cell phones in our lives. Or four, I should say, forty-seven cameras. Every device you have's got a damn camera in it now, and it's sad that we still don't take photos of the people in our lives that we love. So I can't tell you how many times I get somebody saying, "Hey, you shot our wedding, so and so." Well, my my father passed, or my father's in the hospital, or I, you know, and it's like, really, we shot that five years ago, and you don't have any current photos of that person. But table shots are very important because this is the time when people are getting together, they're dressed up, they're having a good time, especially with COVID. I guess I shouldn't say the, the word, especially with the thing and with Facebook since COVID, we don't have family reunions anymore. Our family, especially, we used to have a family reunion every couple of years and we would go somewhere and we would invite everybody to the park and we'd have a good time. We don't do that anymore. We and it, and it's sad because we see everybody. What are the times you get to see family? When there's a wedding and when there's a funeral. And that's so sad for most people. So you got to realize these are the shots that are the most important because they just are. I remember from our wedding. Truthfully, the table shots are some of my favorites, but we made sure everyone got photographed at their table with us. So maybe that made it more important to me. Yeah, yeah, that was well. We we had another plan with our wedding, which was we had gotten one of those Polaroid Zinc cameras, the Z Ink, mm-hmm. and that thing totally crapped the bed. It was charged, it was ready to go, and then it had like some kind of internal error. Everybody who came to find out their table assignment was to get a photo taken, and it, we had a board that they were going to be put on the board. And the day of this camera takes a takes a crap, and it it was so disappointing. And we never did get that camera camera fixed up. We bought it ahead of time. 
course, it was out of its six-month warranty. It was a it was a crummy warranty through Polaroid, and uh, and yeah, just died. Just just stopped working. The day we needed it. The day we needed it, and it's it never it never started working again. It's it's a paperweight. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of cool. It's got the Polaroid logo, and it's got the little Polaroid rainbow on it, and it's like, <laughs> what a turd. But what a paperweight. I liked our table shots, and they yes. meant a lot to me. And I think it meant a lot to the people who were there because we got whole families together that might not have gotten photos in a while. Right. And I know not everyone is that close to their families and friends, but it meant a lot to me. And... We got photos of everyone who was at the wedding, and if someone was missing from the table when we got there, we moved on to the next and came back when everyone was there. Oh, we didn't shoot our wedding. We didn't photograph our wedding, but our our photographer got us. With- <laughs> don't say don't say we left and came back. Uh, now, when we were visiting, which apparently is not a thing anymore, since when does the bride and groom just not get up? off their butts and walk around to each table and say hi to everybody and thank you and thanks for coming and kind of just hang out with each table. We did that and people were like, whoa, what are you doing? That's cool. It's like, this is this is nothing new. But apparently that is a trend that has gone the way of the dodo. If you, if you have a wedding, even though, let's be honest, even though the venue, the food, the caterer, the, the, uh, the, the knickknacks and doodads you put on everybody's table, even though the gift they give you probably won't cover it, you need to be thankful that they took a they took a Saturday. I mean, this is a Saturday or Sunday. They took a Saturday or a Sunday to come to your wedding and and waste a beautiful day to see you tie the knot. So it it's all it just it just made sense. It just made sense for the bride and groom to walk around and say. And I'm not saying that the, the bride and groom today did or did not do it. They were very attentive to everybody. They, you know, they, they made sure to, you know, they made sure to greet everybody. But I'm just saying it does. It's a trend that that doesn't seem to happen much anymore. It, it, it does blow my mind. I understand it's your important day, but you took the time to invite these people to your wedding so make it worth everyone's while and spend at least a couple minutes with each person. Yes. And and like I said, I don't want I don't want anybody from the wedding today hearing this and thinking we are singling your wedding out. We are not. We had a heck of a time. We're kind of questioning some of the some of the things that the photographer did and whoever planned the timing, but on a scale from one to ten, it was definitely a, a definitely a nine wedding. We had a heck of a lot of time, and and when you're seeing friends and family, it could be the it could be the worst wedding in the world, but you still enjoyed people's company. Right. So there, I'm not singling anybody <laughs> out. Um. So let's move on. Make friends with everybody, even even not the even even if it's not the bride and groom, or the or the the wedding party. Or her parents or his parents. Make friends with the caterer. Make friends with the flower person. Make friends get get cards. Swap swap cards. Not only do you gonna are you gonna make friends with people, and maybe send them a couple shots that that kind of show off their work. If you can give them something, they may give you something in return. If you gave them some cards, maybe they will say, "Hey." To the next bride and groom, because if somebody goes and gets flowers and they don't know who they're going to get their wedding photographer, they're they're going to ask people who they recommend. They may recommend you. I don't do it for that. I try to do it because you have to work with these people for the next several hours, and it's just it's just right to be nice. But let's say you get a really cool shot of the DJ. Send a photo to the DJ. Here you can use this. Here's a here's a little uh, property release that you can. Uh, you can use this for your own promotion. It was great working with you. Uh, we we had a good time working with each other. And um, <clears throat> can you give me some cards? Because if I have a bride and groom come to me and say, hey, do you know a good DJ? Oh, yeah, there was this guy the last wedding I shot. Man, he was a lot of fun. He had a great voice. He he kept everything moving. People People really want word of mouth. 
and we've talked about this before. We don't advertise weddings at all. It's all word of mouth. You've got to be you've got to be referred to by somebody that we've already shot a wedding or has seen us work a wedding for us to kind of consider shooting your wedding. When we're at weddings, we don't typically stop moving. That's we tough. are moving to get all the different angles. We want to get all the different sides. And yes, there are slower periods during a wedding, but you won't see us sitting there chimping at our photos. You will see us looking around to make sure that what is next. Kids are we're always able to get. doing something. Kids are always doing something. Look at the look for the people that that are seeing people for the first time in a while, especially coming out of the thing. Especially coming out of the thing, you know, people are wanting to hug each other again and shake people's hands and just sit there and talk with them. If you've got a bride and groom that's very attentive to their their tables, they're going to be walking around to the tables and they're going to be having fun and telling stories. Be there for it. When I, when I talked about making friends with the other people there, usually when there is no wedding planner, you and the DJ are the ones, are the wedding planners. So you need to know ahead of time, okay, hey, how are you doing? I'm so-and-so. Oh, so-and-so. You, you get on a first-name basis with the DJ because the problem is is you likely were given a piece of paper of how the, the bride and groom wanted things to go, how they want, you know, the way that they wanted things to go. But the problem is they're going to be too busy to push the next thing. They're going to be too busy to sit there and go to the DJ and say, hey, DJ, hey, photographer, hey, wedding planner, can you, can you do this? And the only person whose job that is is the wedding planner. But the thing is, like I said, no wedding planner. You and the DJ are keeping things moving, and you need to be on a first-name base with the DJ. You need to start looking at things. Okay, it looks, you know, talk with the DJ. Okay, it looks like everyone is pretty much kind of in that food coma. Let's get them up and dance. It it needs to be a constant thing. Just, you know, it just it's you just got to keep things moving. There's so many things you usually want to fit into your receptions that you want to make sure you get capture them and that you keep it going. And yes, at the end, there's just going to be dancing or something along those lines. But there's so many things that as a photographer, you can roam around and capture. Well, that's going to be in my bride and groom segment because you, you want to make sure you get all the important stuff out of the way. Because people are going to stand there, people are going to st- uh, stay for the first dance, for the for the first you know couple dances, the traditional dances. People are going to stay for the cake cutting, and that's when people are going to. That's kind of when people are going to start weeding out, and the hardcore partiers are going to stick around until closing time, all the way through the electric slide and the chicken dance and everything else. Those are the people that are going to stick around. But you need to think about your friends and family that they drove a couple hours to get to your wedding and they need to drive back. Or, you know, maybe they're not feeling well or your reception hall was really, really hot and they weren't feeling very well. They want to get out. You need to make sure that that they're not sticking around because it's I felt bad for leaving early because, like I said, they were they hadn't cut the cake. They hadn't thrown the bouquet. They hadn't thrown the garter. I don't know if they were or not. But, I mean, it was it was three hours before they started even the the, the first dance beyond the, the couple's first dance. And it, that's tough. That's not only tough for your guests, but that's tough for your hired help. Yes, you probably have these people to a certain time. And as photographers, we don't we don't give you a certain time. We don't say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna give you from from uh, nine to four. We're giving you the whole day because I'm not booking up another wedding that day. But the problem is, I'm giving you a whole day. I'm not nickel and diming you for your for hours. But the problem is, don't make me sit around for three hours waiting for your first your first thing to happen. Don't make me wait around for three, maybe four hours before you cut the cake because once the cake is cut, I'm going to come to the bride and or groom's parents because as a photographer, I don't come to you. 
this is too much of this is too important of a day for me to come to you and 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 bug you with stupid shit. I'm gonna beep. I'm gonna beep that out. Remind me to beep out 35. Okay. Beep. You were saying you don't go to the bride and groom. We always right. have the bride and groom set someone that is their stand-in. We don't want to have to come to you. We want to have someone who represents you so that we're not interrupting your right. day. To the, 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 bride's, the bride's job is to have the day of her dreams. The groom's job is to make sure the bride has the day of her dreams. The bride's mom and or the groom's mom probably know what the bride wants to make the day of their dreams. That's why I go, I sit there and say, you need to designate a family member that is not part of the bridal party that's going to be drinking and partying and having way too much to do. I'm not going to them. I'm coming to you. If it's a question you do not know, you do not have it on your on your list of things, then the, the bride is going to be much more happier if the mother comes and says, hey, quick question. Do you want to do the cake cutting right now because it's getting a little bit late? Then that's then that's what we typically do. But I don't I don't go to the bride and groom. Now if they come to me and they're talking to me, hey, how are things going? How's do you have any questions? A lot of great bride and brides and grooms do that. Then I will talk with them, but I'll keep it short. I want them I want to give them the the information they want or get the information that they're asking me for and I want them to go back and enjoy it with their guests and i will encourage that go back out with your guests everything's good here we're capturing we got we got everybody taken care of and i think they i think they appreciate that Uh, the next thing is uh, shoot b i call it b-roll photos shoot details around you know and it's not just the cake but maybe it's the Maybe it's the floor. Maybe it's the it's got a, the place got an ornamental ceiling. Maybe it's got it's this rustic cabin or it's got this fancy wallpaper. When you're making collages or books for for the bride and groom, those little B-roll photos are going to come in way handy because some people typically most people actually like it when I will I will change the I will put one of these wallpaper shots on the back of a page on a page and then kind of design my photos in that page. And then I take the opacity down just so enough that they can see it. People go crazy over that. People love that. There's a couple of times we get people that want a very fancy black and white, you know, nothing on the pages except for the photos and just white. I respect that. But when I do the B roll kind of photo thing, nine times out of 10, the bride and groom love it and they want to, they want to go with it. Also get some of the background shots. Get a table before the people get there or a place setting. That's a, so, that's a given. Absolutely. Right. You and that's maybe we should talk about that. When you when you are shooting a wedding, you you want to go and get and I know it's awkward. Oh my goodness, I had one where the it was it was kind of a it was kind of a southern wedding and the fact that I was there when the when the men were getting dressed you know, not dress dressed, but kind of putting on, putting on their button-up shirts and putting on their, you know, everything, their ties, their the cummerbunds, everything. People are kind of were weirded out about that, but the thing is, I'm there to get details. I'm there to get the the best man tying the tie of the groom. I'm there to get those those kind of shots, and and then I will have. I always have a second or third shooter that's a female photographer. And she can go with the bride, and she can she can take care of that. Um, I will also usually work in time between the getting set shots, getting set up shots, and the ceremony to swing by the reception venue. And as Christine said, get some photos of the tables set up before people just swarm in there and destroy everything that that this wonderful catering company did to set these shots up. Because the problem with that is when you're shooting a, a wedding ceremony, you are likely going to be needing to to recreate a couple of the shots. You're going to have the, the real shots, but you're also going to recreate the shots just to get a little closer because you may have restrictions or something happens. And then you want to do the posed shots. And, and speaking of the posed shots, one of my thoughts on this is know the trends, uh, but know that that's not what they're buying. Know the wedding trends. The, 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 the wedding trend uh, for the last 
long time was I want a photojournalistic style photographer. I want the candids of people not looking and not smiling and not doing this and not doing that. Oh, yeah, I I do that all day. But the problem is you're not buying those photos from me. You're buying the photos that I pose your family in the classic style because those are the photos you're buying and putting on your wall. You're not buy, you're not you're not buying the candid photo of of little Joshy picking his nose in the corner. You're not buying candid photojournalistic shots. You're not buying you're, you're loving the fact that you got a picture of Aunt Edna and Uncle Earl hugging for the first time out of the the thing. You're loving that shot but you're not going to buy it. You may put it in a book, you may put it in a, in a, in a gallery, in an album, but you're not buying that to put on your wall. You, you are buying the posed stuff every single time. So know the trends. Be able to get the shots that they want you to do on these trend, new trendy things. You know, get all the wedding magazines and, and just, just see what's going on. But know that those aren't what they're buying. And sometimes I have a hard time. Like, hey, I want to pose you. Oh, why are you posed? We don't want posed stuff. It's like, you're going to love these. You know, you want posed shots. And it's and sometimes it's a tough sell, but every single time they buy the posed shots because that's what they want. They just think that, oh, well, I want the photos of the bride and groom facing away from the camera. It's like, you're not going to buy that shot. You're not buying that shot and put it on your wall. A good rule for a... For the group shots, though, is to make sure that you're the only one shooting and then you can let other people come in and get their cell phone shots of things. Because if you don't have just you shooting, you're not going to have all the eyes on you. That is a that's a good one that I almost I almost didn't say because I can't tell you how many times and I've got to I've got to put my foot down and say, look, every time I pose a group. I will take my shots and then I will allow other people to take their shots. And if I got to call somebody out, I will, because the problem is if you're in the middle shooting and there's three or four or five, six, 27 people behind you with their cell phone cameras out, every single one of those people in your posed shot is going to be looking at a different photographer. I, I, I put my foot down. I'm not a, I'm not a jerk that can't share the spotlight. Oh, uncle Ed brought his DSLR. I make friends with uncle Ed. I make sure Uncle Ed gets the shots that he wants after I get the shots that I want. But the problem is, is I can't have anybody shooting. And I will typically try to make sure that the the bride and groom know that everybody is getting kicked out except for the people that are getting shot, photographed, I should say. And then we move people in and out. Bride and groom, bride and groom with his grandparents, bride and groom with her grandparents, bride and groom with both grandparents. You know, all the standard 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 wedding photography group shots and getting it out of the way and then i will sit there and say okay anybody else want to shoot i will shoot i have a second shooter shoot that way we have we have extra backups and and then we and then we move on oh but yeah that's that's a that's a really uh that's a a big one right there uh how about for bride and groom if you're a bride and groom looking into a photographer just like they should get to know you, you should get to know them. Also, pick a photographer on their style, not their price. Yes, you can find a photographer probably in your price range that has a style that you probably can work with or probably like. But there is a reason why photographers are so expensive. And if you find somebody that's charging you $250 and a tank of gas or maybe some beers at your wedding, I'm not going to say how many, but we've shot, we've reshot weddings that that other photographers have have kind of didn't deliver. I'm being nice. They didn't deliver. We have shot a few, we've shot a few weddings that it was kind of an emergency salvage what we can and and try to get the people back to get and it's it's expensive. You know, the 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 bride usually has her own dress, but the but the groom and the groomsmen they usually rent their tuxes. Another thing is, and this is how I like your your get to know your photographers because photographers are not mind readers. You need to tell them what you're looking for. I'm looking for a certain thing. The photographer's job is to shoot your day in their style in a way that they think you're going to like it. 
So if they think that you are, you're not coming to them and saying, hey, I really want a photo of, of Aunt Edna and Uncle Ed sword fighting. <laughs> I can't, I'm not a mind reader. You got to tell me exactly what you want. I saw a photo from uh, in a wedding journal that that is not traditional. That is this. I would love to do it. I'm not going to show up. This is this is kind of one of those things. It's almost like selective color. I'm not going to show up with a frame large enough for you to hold and then put the wedding party in the background. I that's kind of like selective color for me. But I'll I'll do it. But unless you want that. Unless you want something specific, I can't. I can't read your mind. You got to tell me exactly what you're looking for because if I can't read your mind and you really had your heart set up, set on doing something kind of kooky and crazy, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to to, to understand that. You're gonna be, you're gonna be disappointed. If I think you guys are are a fun group and the and the groomsmen are energetic. We'll usually do the, okay, all the groomsmen hold the groom uh, 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 kind of laying down. You know, we do that kind of fun stuff. We do the everybody jumping. But it, that's, a, that's, a, that's a personality read where I think if you're going to like that or not. If you kind of are a little sassy, if you kind of like a certain style, we'll, we'll pose the brides in certain ways. We'll, the brides and the bouquets. and I mean, there's just a million things you do. That is read by knowing your your bride and groom. Well, the same thing for your photographer. Know your photographer and tell your photographer what you're what you're looking for. Otherwise, they're going to shoot your wedding to the best of their abilities, their style, and making you happy. But as I said, they don't know what they don't know you with something special. You're, they're going to miss it, and you are you're you're not going to be happy. Great. Another thought is pass over photographers who box you into a certain time. As I said, when we when we work on a wedding, I want to get there when you when you're getting set up. I'm shooting through the ceremony, and then we're shooting through the reception. Once you cut the cake, unless you have anything special going on, I usually come to the person that is in charge of of asking questions and saying, "We're going to wrap up. We're going to pack everything up. This is the last call for anything special." And then typically we leave. So, so my second part of that is don't pass over photographers who box you into a certain time, but don't waste their time either. I can remember a wedding we went to as not the photographers. And their photographers gave them an exact time that they would, were willing to be there. And it basically had them leaving two minutes into the reception. Oh, and I remember it just that. blew my mind. Well, not only that, but the photographers gave they gave them a certain number of hours, and they showed up too early, so they had a cocktail hour, and as Christine said, two minutes in, they had to cut the cake. They had to do the they had to do the parent dance, cut the cake real quick, so it really screwed up the entire flow of the wedding because they had the photographers were coming to the bride and groom saying, "We're leaving, bye." Oh, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't good. And they had no pictures from their reception, basically. Another great thing about when you when you have a professional photographer, and I'm not talking about a photo booth here because there was a photo booth today, and they had to beg people to use it. I think the photo booth fad at weddings is kind of on its way out. There was a photo booth at the restaurant we went it was like one of those pay your own photo booths like $5 to get your own photo in this photo booth and i think it was even a download i don't even think they had a printer or not but but then they had this other photo booth at the wedding and like nobody was using it especially coming out of the thing people don't want to talk touch props i just don't know i mean photo booths just just seem like kind of like cupcakes Remember when cupcakes used to be the thing? Uh, depending on the situation, remember they when still cake are. pops used to be the thing? They're not the thing anymore. Not I think as much. I think photo booths are about the same, and and that's okay. You can still. Uh, we have a friend that that I don't know if she's still doing the photo booth stuff, but she does photo booths. But she does more high end studio photo booths, and that's what we don't like doing photo booths. But if you want us to set up a studio booth. 
we can do it. We typically will say, hey, go hire this person. But if you really need us to do it, we can do it. But um, but it's actually a studio. You know, we set up studio lights. We set up a background. No props unless you want to you know, bring your own fun stuff. But, yeah, if you want nice studio shots, we, we will. But to move into that, the reason I'm talking about that is because we're there. You have family and friends dressed up the best they've probably been dressed up all year. Take advantage of your photographer. Make sure your photographer's okay with this. They're not, I'm likely going to say, likely going to say that they're not likely going to say no. And, and say, Hey, do you mind if I kind of advertise to family and friends that you can, you can kind of pull, they can kind of pull the, you, the photographer off to the side, get a nice dressed up family photo. And then, and then there you go. And you can even ask your photographer. I mean, if, if they're doing something special and, and hopefully they are, okay, well, if you're buying so much in prints or so much in books or so much in this, then we're going to give you a good deal. Well, the thing about that is I'll typically say, look, when I give you a gallery, I can either give you a specific gallery for those people that got their, their portraits made, family photos, or you can just share the main gallery with them and they can order things through you. And then that'll count towards your That'll count towards your volume discount. But I mean, that's that's a great thing for your for your photographers and and for your guests. Right. Last but not least, and and this is not a complete list for sure. Last but not least, feed your photographers. They need to be fed as well. They likely ate a big breakfast before getting there. They likely grabbed something really quick from heading from one location to the other. Or if they're like us, they're probably munching on power bars the entire day. Feed your photographers. Make sure that there is a a, a secure or very highly visible location they can put some of their gear. Maybe a, the corner. The corner table that you only want to put the people you don't like. <laughs> put your photographers back there. They're not going to be sitting there any longer than to quickly eat food and switch out camera batteries or cards. And, you know, we, we don't go into the days anymore where we where we're making backups of cards on the fly because we've outfitted everybody with, with cameras, with, with multiple card readers in them now. But, uh, but if it's a good photographer, they're not sitting back there anyway, but they can put their stuff under the table or on the seat and they can kind of keep an eye on that as well. Put them next to the DJ. Put that table next to the DJ because you don't want to be, you don't want to be that table that's right in front of the DJ speakers anyway. So put the put the family members you don't like there, put your photographer there, and they will be completely happy for you. Ask your photographers when they want to eat. If they want to eat first, of course, after the bridal party. Photographers out there, don't expect you're going to eat before the bride and groom eat. That just ain't happening. But first. In, in line with the guests, in the middle, or in the last. What we typically do is I will sit there and say, okay, well, I'm going to send one photographer up first that can eat, and while that photographer is e- eating, we're, we've got somebody else shooting tables. And then we're going, we know what the order of the tables is that they're sending up to the buffet, so we know where those table shots gotta, have got to start first. And then... Once that photographer is done eating, the other photographer switches out, gets something to eat, goes back, sits down there. We only need one seat. We're not we're not sitting three photographers back there eating and and partying and and doing things. Oh, I remembered what I was going to say. <laughs> As a photographer, you do not drink alcohol. Right. That should be that should be obvious. It's not. Now, here's the thing. If you are a photographer and you've had a a nice time and you've you've kind of melded with this bride and groom and you're having a good time when you are done and you say okay the cake cutting is done do you need anything else i'm putting my camera gear away if the bride and groom say to you why don't you come back in and party with us help us celebrate our day once you turn off business mode then that's that's fair game we went to a wedding where after the, the last call for shots was done, coolers upon coolers, and I'm not, I'm not talking about tiny coolers, I'm talking about big t- coolers, coolers of jello shots came in. <laughs> 
and they invited us and we came in and we did we did a we did one shot with the bride and groom and then and then we left because that that was a party I did not want to see with my own eyes. <laughs> I mean, they had they had jello shots for days. But anyway, getting up with that, feed your photographers. They don't need three a, a seat for every photographer. Give them a place to put their gear that maybe secure it. Because you got to realize they're they're leaving their gear somewhere, and they're hoping that nobody messes with it. Uh, maybe give them an electrical outlet to top up batteries. If they're still using a, if they still need to be backing up cards, give them a place to back up cards. It's very important that you make and and the same you would do the same thing with your DJ. Make sure you're feeding your DJ. Tell your DJ when he will be fed because. When you start calling tables up anyway, he's likely going to put a, a, a mix of, of the music that you like. He's going to start a, a playlist. Okay, DJ, why don't you call, you know, photographer and, and so-and-so is getting food really quick. Why don't you put uh, a, as people are doing cocktail hour, why don't you run up and get food real quick and then you can play a playlist and, Every five minutes when you see the buffet line is, is, is getting smaller, you call a table. And that way you can eat your food. Feed, and you got to feed everybody because you got to realize they are spending their entire day there. It's not just a couple hours. It is not. And once they're done, the photographer's job has just begun. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of in the middle. You're kind of in the <laughs> middle because the, 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 the first job is prep and plan and making sure you don't cheese off the efficient or upset the, the reception venue. The photographer's got a tough job. And then the, that's part one is that. Part two is the actual shooting. And then part three is going home, getting the, the, the basic shots up for you to give you a teaser. Photographers give you a teaser typically because they are passed the heck out from just being constantly moving. Um, you know, the, the next day after a wedding, I'm dead. I'll put out a couple teaser shots. I'm dead. And then the, the very next day is when I'll, I'll hit the ground running and start getting your, your, your images edited up, edited up and the images from all of my other shooters edited as well. I, I do, uh, I will edit, everybody's shots because i want them as uniform as possible but i'm glad i found the i'm glad i remembered the the whole alcohol thing how about for guests guests who know a thing or two about photography and we were completely in this in this category today right number one don't compete with the hired photographers you were not you were not paid you were not hired to photograph a wedding so what are you going to do? What, how is that going to make you look if you're sitting there and say, well, I'm going to go get my camera and I'm going to show them a thing or two? That is the worst. If somebody wants to come and bring their camera and just get a couple shots here and there, great. But if somebody's trying to, like, compete with us, dude, we've already been paid. Right? Right. We've already been paid for the shots. What do you think? You're going to shoot something? You're not. You're not hooked up into our lights. You're not, you know, you're... You're not color balanced. You're not this. You're not that. You're not going to compete. And even if you try to compete and win or try to compete and fail, you're going to come off as kind of a jerk, I think. So number one is don't compete with the hired photographers. There's a reason why the bride and groom picked them. They liked their style. If you have a camera, Make sure it's okay. Go up to the bride and go up to the you know the bride and groom. Go up to the photographer. Say, hey, I brought my camera. Do you mind if I get a couple shots while they're posing, or a couple shots of the bride and groom? As long as you know, as long as they know that you're just there shooting a couple things. Don't don't sit there and shoot every shot the photographer shot and then give them the the digital files for free. Oh, here here's my card from the night. So now you don't have to pay for the photographer's shots, right? And I've seen it. I've seen it happen. It's happened to us. And thankfully, the you know the bride and groom said, "Yeah, so and so's uncle brought his camera and shot a bunch of stuff, and he gave us everything." But 
Yeah, <laughs> we're buying a lot of you know we're we're buying a lot of your stuff. We're buying your downloads, or we're buying prints and stuff. So it's not it's not good for anybody. And don't give them a hard time, even if you think they're doing it all wrong. We talked about the photographers today, not dressed very nicely, and and shooting. The the one the one the one photographer couldn't figure out if they wanted the Gary Fong whale tail toilet thing or they wanted a a a one of those reflector cards that velcro to your lens and at one time they had the the little bounce card on the on the flat but they kept moving back and forth between them and they they were having a hard time with flash and at the end of the day they just took everything off their cameras. They pull. They push that that little catch light reflector card, the little white card that usually pulls out on a flash. It bounces a little bit of light forward. They closed all that up, and they were bouncing light off the ceiling, which, as I said, was twenty feet up, and it was it was all angled, and it was brown. When you bounce light off of a colored object, it's typically going to bounce back that color. I'm I'm. I wish them luck. I'm just going to say that. I wish them luck. But don't don't give them a hard time, even if you think they're doing it all wrong. And I guess this goes with the don't compete with higher photographers, which is if you have a camera, leave it at home. Uh, they they wanted you to come and have a good time. In fact, I had a, I had somebody come up and say, oh, well, how come they didn't they didn't ask you to shoot the wedding? Well, they probably just wanted me to to have a good time. And typically family and friends i typically don't like to shoot their things if they want me to they want me to be a a guest okay well this is your wedding i'm a friend or a family of you so i really don't want to shoot so i will even if they come and say i'll pay we'll pay you whatever you want well typically people real people think that family and friends are going to give them a family and friend discount and if you do that that's great we do you know if, if for other things but if i'm your family your friend and you're getting married I want to come and and help you celebrate. I don't really want to work. So typically family and friends, I turn away anyway. But don't, don't be that, you know, don't be that person where you say, uh, you go to them and say, Hey, um, we want to invite you to our wedding. Can you bring your camera? Yeah, what are they, that what are they never doing? goes over well. They're trying to get free shots from you. If I had a pickle for every time I've been invited to an event or a party or a wedding and and I've been asked, oh, by the way, oh, you're coming to so-and-so. By the way, bring your camera. If I had a pickle for every time that happened, I'd need to have a – I need to get a stork as a mascot. <laughs> I would have so many pickles. So I don't 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 be that. Don't be those people. Pay for a good photographer, and just yeah, and and you're you're gonna have a good time, right? Lastly, don't tell the bride and groom they picked a bad photographer. Even if you, even if it's true, even if it's true, even if this person couldn't couldn't f- fight their way out of a wet paper bag, as far as photography is concerned, even if they couldn't even put the memory card in their camera right don't tell the bride and groom they picked a bad photographer because it's only going to ruin their day and you don't know what they want you don't know what they like they may get images that that they may be subpar and they may love them for what they are right but what are you what's going to happen if you tell if you go to the bride and groom and say man you picked some real stinkers for the photographers or you picked some real real stinker for a dj or or bless her heart at the church, there was a lady playing the organ. <laughs> she tried. She tried really hard. And I don't, you don't know that. That could have been somebody that maybe should have had a little bit more practice before they wanted to play music at somebody's wedding. Or it could have been a family member that was like, look, I'm not very good at it. We don't care. We want you to play it at our, at our wedding. I don't know what the thing is, but if I went to them and said, Hey man, that, that organ player sucked. Is it going to make, who's it going to make look like a, a, a jerk? It's going to make you look like you. a jerk. 
And honestly, I mean, I, I can't play organ. So, I mean, she played a heck of a lot better than I could do. Right. But yeah, there were a couple, <laughs> there were a couple, uh, a couple of those shots that kind of made you the, the, the fillings in your teeth hurt. <laughs> but I think that's it. That went long. I, I first, I thought we might've had to split this up into two, but I'm glad we didn't. So if you're a photographer, uh, do you shoot weddings and or do you not shoot weddings? Do you do you shoot weddings because of a reason? Do you not shoot weddings because of a reason? And what are some of the tips you've discovered? We want to hear from you and you can connect with us on our Facebook group or through email at podcast at underredglow.com. And your comments might just make it to a future episode. As always, a big thank you to everyone for continuing to join us and all the love and support we've received from people liking us on Facebook, subscribing and rating us on your podcast platform of choice. And also a big thank you to our Patreon and subscription supporters. We're starting at a buck. You can get our shows early with our supporters only after show, all without ads, and with our supporters only after show. I think I said that twice, didn't I? I think so. Well, you get two after shows. You just have to watch <laughs> it back. You just have to listen to it twice. Be sure to check out our other supporter tiers, which are geared towards bringing you along on our darkroom and photography projects with great rewards. All of our links can be found in our show notes and also on www.underredglow.com. And now with episode 46 down, it's been our absolute pleasure spending this time with you. Please be sure to subscribe to Under Red Glow. And if we've earned your recommendation to other photographers of any skill level or process, we would certainly appreciate you sharing us with them. A big thank you to my co-host, Christine Milliker, and of course, everyone for listening. If you're listening on Patreon or our supporter page, stay tuned for the after show. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to visiting with you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.